Awesome. There you go. How we go deeper with God, and we've been looking together at 2 Peter chapter 1. Have you all got Bibles? If you haven't brought a Bible with, to church, um, go, go grab one. There's lots at the back. And uh, there's some outside here, but if you go out there, I'm going to watch you so you don't keep walking. Go for coffee before I've finished. I know what you like. Second Peter chapter 1. It says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. That's, I know you can't read it on the screen. That's why I told you to get your own Bible. I'm thinking ahead. Phone apps are good too. Right? His divine power has given us everything we need for life. What's his divine power? What's his divine power? Dunamis power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that created the whole universe, that power, that mighty, miraculous power of God has gifted us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, this is how we get access to that. He's given us his great and very precious promises so that through them we may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Then this is how we grow the relationship. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness. What's goodness? Faith in action. Top of the class. Add to faith in action, knowledge. What's knowledge? Seeing things through the perspective of God. Exactly. What's uh, you add to knowledge? Self-control. Hands up if you've got self-control. Sort of. A little bit. Depends if you're talking chocolate or if you're talking something else. Add to your knowledge self-control. Self-control has two functions. What were they? Do you remember? It stops us from doing wrong and it encourages us to do the right things. It's like a channel. It's like these chairs. This is self-control because it encourages us to go in the right direction. It provides boundary lines. Add to our self-control perseverance. What's perseverance? Thriving through tough tough conditions. Exactly right. It's not just kind of like, oh, oh, help me, help me. That's not perseverance. Perseverance is walking through difficult times, walking through tough conditions. It's not that we minimize how tough they are, but we walk through them knowing that God is going to give us the strength, knowing that God is going to help us go through those difficult times. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, perseverance is I fear no evil thy rod and thy staff are with me. That's perseverance, knowing that God is with you through those hard times. Then we add to perseverance, godliness. What's godliness? Four things. You love as God loves. Care as God cares. Hate what God hates and do what God does. Add to that 
filial love? What's filial love? Friendship. Demonstrate filial love for me to someone else. Some of you are just looking at each other going like, what's he talking about now? I'm not doing that. Right? Love in action. Well, that's loving it. Yes, it is love in action. Perfect. And then you add to that agape love. Agape love is what? Sacrificial kind of love. So those are the characteristics that we need to grow deeper. And then last week we looked at the the passage that says this in verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. It says make every effort. Last week we looked at the effort that we need to make. We have to be conscious about it. We have to do something about it. And as I was reflecting on these things, I think we need to kind of unpack that effort a little bit more. Anyone read Stephen Covey's book? came out in 1989. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You read that? No? International bestseller. I can give you it in a precy of what he said. He said there are seven things that you need to do if you want to be effective. Be proactive. Begin with the end in mind. Put first things first. Think about a win-win situation. Seek first to understand and then to be understood. Synergize, in other words, with others and then sharpen the saw. Reflect and renew yourself. Okay, now you know the whole book. You don't have to buy it. He says there are seven habits that we need to have to be effective. But in the Christian life, there are habits as well that we need if we're going to be effective. It's not just about growing the character within But to grow that character, there are things we need to put into our lives that make us effective. Now, what are habits? Okay, everybody up. Okay, if you're on this side, go and give a high five to this side. This side, give a high five to someone on that side. Go. And then go sit down. Okay, just one, just one. All right, and carry it away here. Now you just demonstrate what a habit is. When I say get up and go over there, you didn't have to think. Now, how do I get out of my chair? I can't quite remember how to do that. Now, how how do how do I get up? How do I walk? You just walked over. How do I high five? You just knew what to do. They're habits. When you ask. A one-year-old to walk, what do they do? They fall over. They're like, why? Because it's not habit yet. It's not ingrained within them. They have to consciously think, and they start wobbling all over the place, don't they? Little Megan, Ronnie and Karen's. You watch her walk. She's like, you know? And she's gradually, she's gradually learning the habit of walking. So we don't even think about it. When we walk around, we don't consciously think we have to do this, we have to do that. When I said do a high five, you didn't have to remember. Now, what's a high five? I I know I've heard that somewhere before. What is it? What is it? No, you just do it because it's a habit. You've done it before, you'll do it again. And there are habits that we need to have like that in our Christian life, that we do them just because they're just so part of our living that we don't even have to think about doing them. 
like when you try and learn to drive a car. Anybody remember those days when you're st- learning to drive? It's like impossible, isn't it? You're going like, how am I going to hold this wheel and have to change the gears and look and do everything at the same time? It's, it's just like mind-blowingly impossible. And then when you've driven for a little while, it's just, you don't even think about it. You just get in the car and off you go. You know how to do it. That's what it should be like in our Christian life. And we're going to look at seven habits of highly effective Christians. I bet you can guess what some of them are. Some of them maybe not so much. First one we're going to look at, habit number one, is this. Effective believers read and obey God's Word. 2 Timothy 3 says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know from those for whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. Timothy, this is Paul writing to Timothy. Why was Timothy such a young pastor? Because from infancy he'd been learning the Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He says, from infancy, you've been studying the Scriptures, and that's why you're wise in salvation. And you're wise, and you've been elevated to this position of being pastor over a church ahead of your years, Younger than most of the congregation that you're serving. Because, because you know the Scriptures. And the Scriptures have been part of your life. Because you've been obedient to what you read. So how, how do we then develop a reading of the Scriptures that is fruitful? This morning I'm going to show you. Some of you, this may be just, well, I do this already. Fantastic. Praise the Lord. But there are many believers that don't do this. And therefore, we're ineffective. So how do we do it? First thing. First, decide on a time to read. Decide on a time. Now, if I was to come to, to, uh, to Jenny... And say, Jenny, let's meet up this week. Let's go for coffee. What would happen? What would be the rest of our conversation? What time? Where? What day? And what would happen then? You would look in your diary. I would look in my diary. We'd find a suitable time to meet and go for coffee. See you in Costa's Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock. Tim's paying. Ah. Right, sorted, you know? We'd make an appointment. What would happen? On Tuesday morning, I would look in my diary, and I'd go, oh, I'm making, meeting Jenny this morning. Now, if it's that important to me to do that with Jenny, how come I don't do that with God? How many of you put your, in your diary your appointment with God every day? And what does that say about, therefore, the importance of what we're placing? Oh, yeah, well, I always meet with God. Do you? Is it really that much of a priority? If something else comes in the way, and 
you know, if something else came up, and I, I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember Jenny, um, I kind of made a, we kind of, oh, well, never mind, it's not in my diary. And then Mike comes down on a Tuesday morning, and, and something's going on, and I, I'll forget about Jenny because it's not there. Yeah, I've got free time, Mike. It's 10 o'clock on Tuesday. And Jenny will be waiting with cash in hand from her husband, and she'll be drinking coffee all alone. She'll probably have cake with it just to drown her sorrows and use the amount that would have been spent on my coffee on her cake. Right? Why? Because if it's important, then we need to make time. We decide on a time. Now, it doesn't really matter what the time is in the sense. Some people, the time should be first thing in the morning. Some people in the evening. Some people at lunchtime. But you need to think in your schedule about a consistent time that you can spend with Jesus. Write it down. Because this is important. So that if something happens and something comes up, you can look in your diary and you go, no, 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 I'm not free then. Sorry, I've got, I've got an appointment. Rather than, oh yeah, my diary's empty. How many of you go through the whole day and it's just like running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. You haven't planned it. It's not in the diary. But things come up all the time. And you get to the end of the day, you're absolutely exhausted. You're lying there going, do I watch TV and danger of falling asleep in front of that and waking up freezing at 2 o'clock in the morning? Or shall I just go to bed? Because that's the day. Now, if we want to be effective for Jesus, if we want to read his word and grow, then put it in your diary. Give the best time that you can. Make it a priority. I had to do that with my wife. I hated doing it. Because I always thought, you know, I should, I should just have time always for, for time with my wife. It, it just doesn't feel right to write my wife's name in my diary. But I found that if I don't, then she gets squeezed out from all the other pressures that come in. Oh yeah, I've got, I've got a free hour there. Somebody else phones up. Oh yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And then she never gets any time. So it's like, let's make time. Let's put it in the diary. Somebody phones me up. Can you come? No, I can't because I've got something else on. Can you do this meeting? No, I can't do that meeting because I've got something else on. Because this is a priority. Let's make it a priority with God. Think about your diary this week. What time could you write in every day to spend time with Jesus? That's the first thing. The second thing is this. Decide on a place. This is critical. The key to successful reading of God's Word is the place where you read it. Let me recommend some things that you shouldn't do. Number one. Don't lie in bed and think that's a good place to read the Word of God. Yes, I'm going to make time. It's in my diary, 10 o'clock at night. I'm going to get into bed and I'm going to meditate on the Scriptures. What's going to happen? Your meditation will go from 10 until about 7 in the morning. It's not a priority, is it? It's not, it's not a good time. It's not a good place. So where, where another good place or another bad place is where there's lots of distractions. I don't read the Bible in front of the television set. Why not? Oh, I just check the news, see what's going on. Oh, I just, just do this. 
front of the computer if it's on. Oh, I'll just... You get distracted too easily. Find a place, a place that you can go, a place in your home, a place somewhere that is consistent that you can sit. Maybe it's a comfortable armchair. Maybe it's the study. Maybe it's somewhere in your house where you can sit and you can just be. And you want to keep it consistent, the same place. Because what happens is over time you build up an expectation when you go there. You go to the same place each time. Then when you're there, you remember how you've heard from God before. You remember all those other times that you've been there. You remember it becomes a sacred space for you. Go and be there and go and listen to God when you're in that place. Wherever it is. Find that place, relaxing place, but a place that's ready. When you go there, take your Bible with you, take your pens with you, take what you need with you. So you're ready to relax and spend time with Jesus. Find that place. Does everybody know a place like that in your life where you can do it? You got it? Good. Third, decide on a time frame. How long are you going to spend? Now, if you don't do this normally, don't think you're going to spend five hours a day, right? It's not realistic, is it, for most of us? I'm going to get up at four in the morning and I'm going to spend the next three hours. What will happen when your alarm goes off at four in the morning and you went to bed at midnight? God invented the snooze button. Boom. And you'll roll over and go, I'm so tired. And what's going to happen? It's never going to last. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to last. But you decide on a time frame. If it's 15 minutes a day, start with 15 minutes a day. That's cool. Because 15 minutes a day is better than zero. And then it can extend over time. If it's half an hour, whatever your time that you can realistically manage. Say, this is the time I'm going to start spending it. Don't look at other people who you think spend hours every day. You decide in your heart something that's realistic that you can do. You can always change it and increase it later on, but start with something that is achievable. Get into the habit, the habit of reading God's words. Think about a time frame that you can handle. The fourth thing you need to do is to follow a structure. We want to look at this in more detail. You need a plan. When you go to a business meeting, what, what do you have in front of you? An agenda. If you don't turn up to a business meeting and there's no agenda, what happens? You get nowhere. Everybody just kind of wanders off and the poor person that's trying to write the minutes just kind of gives up. Because everybody's just going all over the place. You, know, you have an agenda. You have a, how many of you write a to-do list when you've got like a Saturday of things that you need to get done? Yeah, why? Because otherwise, it's, oh, the Grand Prix's on. Oh, the football started. Oh, and what happens to your list in your head? It stays there for another Saturday. But if you've got the list written out and you start ticking them off, you get things done. You need to follow a structure. You need to be like thinking about how am I going to read God's word? How is this going to happen? Let's look at this a little bit more. 
What should be in your structure? First, well, you need to have a plan of what to read. There's no good sitting there. I've got, I've got 15 minutes, Lord. Now, what am I going to read? Um, let me think. Let me just flip open the Bible. Oh, Proverbs. Nah, I don't like them. Let me flip again. And you, pretty soon you spend your 15 minutes just flipping and doing no reading at all. You need a plan of what you're going to read. Okay, I'm going to read. I've got 15 minutes. I'm going to read a chapter a day. Let me start. Luke's Gospel or Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. Let me start there. Let me just read a chapter each day. Let me have a plan of what I'm going to read so I know where I'm going with this. So I'm not wasting time when I get there thinking about what I'm going to read. On the Bible app, they've got amazing plans that you can follow. It's what I do. Following this plan at the moment. Gospel, one chapter of the Gospels, two chapters of uh, one of the other books. Starts with Acts and so on. Works its way through, three chapters a day. And within, within uh, six months, you go through the whole of the New Testament. Right? You just work it out. It's there, so I don't even have to think about it. I have a plan. So I'm not wasting time going, what am I going to read today? Let me think it through. I know what's coming up tomorrow. I know what to read. Secondly, read a version you enjoy. Like there are thousands of versions of the Bible, right? Don't start going, oh, let me read from the King James. And then you don't understand a word that you're reading. If you like the Living Bible, read the Living Bible. If you like the Good News, read the Good News. If you like the NIV like I do, read the NIV. If you like the Spanish, read in Spanish. You know, read. If you like the Jamaican, read in Jamaican. Read one that you enjoy reading. It doesn't matter if somebody else is reading something different. All the Bibles, God will speak through them. Read the versions that you enjoy. Thirdly, this, if no one's around, read it out loud. I'll tell you why. Because when you're reading, if you're just reading in your head, Matthew chapter 1, he begat so-and-so, they begat so-and-so, they begat so-and-so, they begat so-and-so, and then they begat so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so, and so-and-so. You know what happens? Oh, I've just read 35 verses in two seconds. Oh, yes. But if you read it out loud, it slows you down, one, and secondly, it goes into. Spoken word is really important. So read it out loud to yourself. It slows you down, but it also, it will speak to you a lot more than if you just kind of speed read it in your head. I remember once at the 9.30 service, as it was in those 9.15 in those days. I pre- well, before I preached, we had the reading. Somebody came out and they read it. They read those passages. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 onwards, 3 to 8. It was read, and then I said, so what questions you got? And everybody went, what do you mean? You're supposed to tell me what I'm supposed to believe about this now. This is the way it's done. This is the deal here. You're the pastor. You tell me what I want, you know. I just went, I haven't got a sermon today. What questions you got? You tell me what you want to know from this passage. 
I said, I got some questions. If you, if you know it all, then I'll ask you my questions and you can give me the answers. Not one person had really read the passage. How many of you could tell me what's in Second Peter? We've done it weeks after weeks after weeks. Can you remember the list of the, you know, add to faith and to goodness? Perseverance is in there, but it's, right? Why? Because we don't really read it. We kind of look at it, but it's not going in. When you read it out loud, it goes in a lot more. So read, read the scriptures out loud. You'll see new things. New things will come alive for you when you do that. Read it out loud. Fourthly, while you're reading, God will speak to you. Have a pen. It is not sacrilegious to write in the Bible, unless it's a church Bible, right? No. Bring your own Bible to church. Why? Because if God speaks to you this morning or any Sunday morning, how are you going to remember it? Are you going to write it in one of the pew Bibles and then next week come back and try and find it? I wrote it in there. Which one of this? We've got 300 pew Bibles. Which one is it? Right? So bring your own Bible so that you can highlight it, write it in, underline it, however you want to do it. My Bible is just stacked full of, sometimes I can't even read the text because I've written so much stuff on it. Write it so that it reminds you, hey, God spoke to me about this. This is something that the Spirit just, when I read that, I went, ah, what's that? Wow, look at that. Write it. Circle it. Bring it out. That's how you grow. That's how you learn. You allow the spirit of truth, the one who has promised to reveal the truth to us, it says in John's gospel, will speak to you. Highlight it. Underline it. And then in years to come, you'll go back and it will jog your memory. I can still remember when I look at some of the notes I've written in my Bible, I still remember where I was, what God said to me at that moment because I just underlined it. I wrote a little note by the side. Then do this, identify one key thought. When we read, we ask God to speak to us. Lord, I want one thought from this passage. What is it you want to say to me today as I read this passage? And read it, read it out loud so that when you read it, something will just jump out at you from the pages. Something will just speak into you, a word, a paragraph, a a, a verse, whatever it is. Something that just catches your attention. You go, ah, hey, never thought about that. Hmm. Something will just speak into your life. And you identify and you think about that one key thought. Just spend a little bit of time reflecting on it. Stop there for a moment and say, Lord, what is it you're trying to say to me about this thought? What do you really want to try and say to me? Let me think about it. Let me just stop for a moment and and just ponder this. And then take it away with you. When you've finished your Bible reading, take that thought with you. Just keep chewing on it. Put it in the back of your head. So when you're on the tube train, when you're going out to the shops, whatever you're doing during the day, it just keeps mulching over in the back of your mind. Let me think about that some more. Let me see how that, 
God, what's really going on there? Let me, how does that apply to me? What's God really trying to say into my heart? And then lastly, do this. What can I do about it? One key action that I can put into practice. Because reading the Word of God is good, but reading and obeying is the best. So what can I do to make every effort to add to my faith goodness and goodness? So on and so on. What can I do? What action can I take that's realistic to make this difference in my life. That's how you read the Bible. And then lastly, commit. Commit to reading each day. Commit to putting it into practice, but be flexible. We don't do guilt, right? Guilt is completely overrated. I can't see much use in it at all. So you miss a day. Lord, sorry, but I'll do tomorrow. Don't beat yourself up. Things happen. This morning, I'm sitting at home. I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing the 11, 1, 30, 4 o'clock services today, so I'm not doing the 9.30. So 9.30, I'm sitting at home in my study. I've listened to worship music, and I'm having a good time with the Lord, and I'm about to read the word for myself just finishing off doing the screens still in my dressing gown haven't bothered to have a shower get dressed yet what happens a phone call comes in that's unusual 9.35 it's Sheila from the church Pauline hasn't turned up to do the 9.30 service David what do we do panic I said I'll be over in five minutes drop everything, go shave, shower, run. Lord, I haven't read the Bible for me today yet. That was the time I had in my head I was going to do it because I had space to do it. I was ready. Life happens. Life happens to all of us. You've got young children. Life happens. You don't necessarily always have the same moment every day. Your kids wake up early. Or they don't go to bed on time. Life happens. But the commitment is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he understands. I'm not thinking there's going to be a boulder of lightning coming down on my head. It happened once. That's why this, you know. It's not because I missed it this morning. I'll do it later. Hopefully. If I'm not too tired. If not, I'll do it tomorrow morning when I get up and do it again. It's okay because we have that commitment but that we live in grace. We live in freedom. We don't live under guilt. You definitely can't read that. Let me go back a bit. So decide on a time, decide on a place, decide on a time frame. Follow that structure and commit yourself to it. What I want you to do right now is in twos and threes, just get together. 
I want you to read this passage. That's why I asked you to get a Bible from 2 Peter. And let's do what we've been talking about. It's easy for me to stand here and spout off about this, right? But let's do it. So what I want you to do is I've given you the plan. Right? We've worshipped. We're not talking about Bible reading as well. Sorry, I haven't already talked about this. Always pray. Ask God to help you to understand. Ask God to speak into your life. First thing. Second thing, spend a bit of time in worship. Put, put a CD on. I was listening this morning on my iPad while I was, I was just at home. I had the music, Christian music on. I'm singing away while I'm doing other things. So I'm worshiping God. And then you're ready to receive. We've prayed already today. I'm going to pray for you in a minute. We've worshiped today. Now we're ready to read. So let's, let's just in twos and threes get together. I want you to read it. So if there's two of you, you should read it out loud twice so that both of you read it out loud. As you're reading it, ask God to speak to you and say, Lord, which part of this passage do you want to speak into my life right now today? Right? Let him speak into you. And when he's spoken to you, share that with one another after you've all read God spoke to me about this. Not sure what it means yet, but this thing, this is the thing that jumped out at me today. This is what this is what I'm going to mull over, think about. And as you do that, think about it. what is he asking me to do with this? Let's see what he says to you today. So get into twos and threes, right? Go find someone if you're sitting on your own. Then read it out loud, each one of you. Before we do that, I'm going to pray. Lord, I ask now, Holy Spirit of God, that as your brothers, as my brothers and sisters read your word from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 8, Lord, that you would speak into their lives. Whatever you want to say to them individually, you know where they are. You know the situation that they've brought to church. You know their life situation today. Speak to them your word, your word of life. All scripture is God-breathed. It has your breath in it. Speak into their lives a word from you today as they share together. For we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Does anybody want to feedback anything? You don't have to, but if you like to. Well, as um, there was a few things that came up. Um, obviously, not just in the passage, but the Bible as a whole shows us that the character of God is love, and that if you don't like the fruits of the Spirit, it's sort of in parallel. Um, if you don't practice these things, then they don't come naturally. You have to actually practice them for it to become your second nature, as you said earlier, um, the habit. And also, it's not just 
what you need to do, but if you don't do these, it also tells you the consequence. So if you don't get to know God by practicing these things, you won't know his nature and therefore remain blind to these things. And so if you don't know that his character is love, how are you going to show love to others and your environment and engage with him and other people? Thank you. Anybody else? All things pertain to life. Emphasizing that it said all things pertain to life and godliness. That was all. In a person's name comes to him when he's talking in this. That's part of his note. Just one person's name where he wants to act on it. Amen to that. Awesome. Anybody else? I mean, I've read this passage so many times. Every week I've been reading it, reading it, reading it. They, God said, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Participation. We get to not only have the divine nature, it's not like it's just been given to us, but actually I get to participate with God in it. It's like His nature. We're together. We're working at this like teamwork. As I said to Ronnie, it's like, um, you know, I love playing in the band. I love, I love watching the band. But even more, I love singing in the band or playing the guitar in the band. Because then I'm participating. And I can participate in part from down here and, and give God the glory that the band are leading us in worship. But it's even better when you're in the band singing. I just love it. And it's, it's different. I've led worship when I've just been on my own. And that's just a stress. Because, <laughs> you know, it's all on your shoulders. But when you're participating with someone else, it's just awesome. And we get to participate in the divine nature. How awesome is that? God is so good. I hope today has just helped you. Like I hope that, I pray that the Spirit of God has spoken to everyone, even if you haven't shared. But we've just spent 15 minutes, that's all, reflecting together. So remember, think about a time this week. I want you to commit yourself before we go today, this week, to commit yourself every day to a time, however long or short that might be, right? Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you feel you can commit to, commit yourself to it this week. Because God is taking us deeper. I feel it, I sense it, I know it in me, and I see it in you. And he wants us to spend this, make this a habit so that every day we don't have to think, oh, I got my 15 minutes. No, it's just, it's just automatic. You know, every day I have the habit of getting up and thinking about breakfast. It's automatic. I don't even think about it. It just comes into my head and into my belly. Right? It's just a habit. Every day you make your bed in the morning when you get out. It's just a habit. And so should reading the Word of God. Spend a little bit of time praying and say, Jesus, speak to me today. A little bit of time in worship. Put on your favorite worship song. Get Ronnie Padilla's greatest hits if you need to, right? It's coming out soon. <laughs> okay, just spend a bit of time in worship. You can go on to uh, Spotify. I use or I use, just go on to YouTube. 
YouTube has uh, brilliant on YouTube. You can just type in um, Top Worships Songs 2017. You know, what a beautiful name will come up and loads of these others, modern songs. You can just listen. Listen to that and worship. Sing along with it. No one else is around. Sometimes I go into the shower. I put my iPad up there, put it on full volume, and I'm singing away while I'm in the shower, worshiping Jesus. Right? Beautiful time. No one else can, well, they can probably hear me, but, you know, they get used to it. So you just worship and then spend time reading, just whatever. So I ask you, just close your eyes right now. And Lord Jesus, we ask, I want you to think right now and tell Jesus right now what you're going to commit to this week. What's realistic for you? Don't say five hours, two hours, one hour if that's not realistic. If five minutes is realistic, think about a time each day that you can be consistent. Five minutes, ten minutes, whatever it is. Maybe at your lunch break at work. Think of a place. Work out what you're going to read so that you know ahead of schedule and how you're going to read it. And then commit this now. Jesus, we commit to you right now that this week, every single day, we commit time to you. The time that's in our hearts and in our minds right now. Lord, we ask that you would make this possible for us. If something happens and we can't do it, Lord, we're not going to beat ourselves up because we live under grace. But Lord, give us that commitment and that will to start something today. If we don't already do this, to start reading your word day by day because we desire to be effective for you. Build these habits within us so that we may be effective and productive as you want us to be. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Lord, bless us and keep us this week as we seek to serve you. Lord, we lift you the concerns on our hearts. We lift you our joys, our sorrows. Lord, all the things that are going to happen this week, we lay them before you. And Lord, we ask that your spirit would speak into those situations, those people. and Bring about your glory. Manifest your power. Your dunamis power. In people's lives. For your honor and glory. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. God bless you. Let's close as we sing.